0: Today's gospel is from Matthew chapter 14. Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead to the other side of the Sea of Galilee while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But by this time the boat, battered by the waves, was far from the land for the wind was against them And early in the morning, he came walking toward them on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified, saying, It is a ghost! And they cried out in fear. But immediately, Jesus spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, Command me to come to you on the water. He said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat, started walking on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he noticed the strong wind, he became frightened, and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and caught him, saying to him, You have little faith. Why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind ceased. And those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. The Gospel of our Lord.
1: grace and peace to you this morning from God, our Creator, and from Jesus, our Lord and Savior. You've all heard this story before. Jesus walks on the water during a storm, and Peter tries and fails to join him. It's a Sunday school classic filled with suspense and wonder, fear and faith, and usually... We tie it up with a ribbon and a tidy bow and take a moralistic lesson from it, right? Look to Jesus and he'll calm your fears. Or have faith and you too can do amazing things like walk on water. Really? Is it that simple? Perhaps we haven't wrestled with this text and what's going on here since we first heard it as children in Sunday school all those years ago. You see, this summer, as a church, we've been spending a lot of time in the Gospel of Matthew, and Jesus has a lot of tricky words and actions in that Gospel. And in spending time with these words and actions, I'm coming to realize something about the Bible, and that is this. There's always a lot more going on in any given story than we imagine, this one is no different. See, the Bible is layered and complex and aggravating, and there's a lot of meaning in it. Not all of the meaning is apparent. Not all of the meaning is consistent. But it's there, ready to bless us when we engage with Scripture. That is so how the Bible works. And so this Bible story ends up indeed being about faith and fear, but not in the way that we would necessarily expect. So this morning, what I want to do is take one moment in the story and then zoom out slowly, accumulating layers of meaning as we go. So let's start by zooming in to the climax of this story, which is Peter's attempt to walk on water. Peter does just fine until he stops looking at Jesus and notices the wind whipping up the waves on the sea. Immediately, he begins to sink and calls out to Jesus, who comes to his aid. And here, I think we're tempted to just close our Bibles and say, well, that's that. Peter just should have kept his eye on Jesus. He'd have been just fine if he'd had a little more faith and a little less fear. But here's the thing. No matter where Peter looks, he's still in the middle of a storm. And that's a frightening thing. No matter how much faith you have or how close to Jesus you are, This story is showing us that you don't get a free ticket out of the storm just because you're Jesus BFF. Faith isn't something that we have in order to get us out of scary situations. Having faith doesn't mean an end to our fear. As faithful as we try to be, fear is unavoidable. Because this world, yes, it's beautiful and wonderful and good, but it's also really scary. Feeling afraid is certainly an appropriate response to the world right now. We have to worry again about whether or not nuclear weapons will be used and ponder the catastrophic amount of innocent lives they will take if they are. We watched this weekend as armed white supremacists marched openly and loudly in Charlottesville, Virginia, as hate continues to boldly step into public life. And aside here, I know we as a church, we've committed ourselves to having respectful conversations and and we've committed ourselves to listening for wisdom in those with whom we disagree. And that's really important and brave and holy work, and we should continue in that. And also, we don't need to have respectful conversations and listen for wisdom when we encounter white nationalism and neo-Nazism and racism. There are not many sides here. There is one side when it comes to racism in Christian thought, And that is, it is counter to Christ and God. And so we should stand against it whenever we encounter it. There are storms in the world, and then we also have storms in our personal lives. You hear when we gather here, each week we pray for folks with unexpected diagnoses, daunting surgeries. We pray for people living with grief, for families of those who have suddenly died. This is real stuff. And our faith doesn't have any world to take root in except for this one. And this world is broken and complicated in so many ways. There are scary things here, and looking to Jesus doesn't just take those things away. It doesn't quell the storm. And so I think it's good for us to rather see faith and fear as a dichotomy to get used to the feeling of our faith in God existing right alongside with the things that we're afraid of. The two come as a package deal. And that's okay. It's okay to be afraid. It's not a sign of weakness or poor faith. It's a natural response to being small and fragile In a world that is big and chaotic. Scripture holds that wisdom for us today, but then we can zoom out a layer in the text to accumulate some more meaning, and here's where I have to say Sunday school wasn't all wrong. Peter does place his eyes on the wrong thing, Looking to Jesus doesn't take the storm away, but it certainly is better than focusing on the fear. Because fear can be all-consuming. Instead of being just part of our reality, fear wants to become our reality. It seizes hold of our imaginations, and our actions don't lag far behind. Have you ever heard a noise in the middle of the night? And you know it's probably just the cat. But you also know that it's absolutely someone breaking into your house and or a monster and or the zombie uprising. That's the power of fear. This is one way that God helps. God's presence disrupts the tyranny of fear in our lives by simply reminding us that there is something else out there. God's like the person next to you in bed that says, it's definitely the cat, now go back to bed. Jesus walks right into our fears with an outstretched hand saying, you are not alone in this storm. God doesn't take away the storm, but God's presence reminds us that the storm is not all there is and God's hand can steady us during it. And so scripture holds this meaning as well. And then we zoom out even further in the story because I want to know, I've got this question, which is, why is Peter even on the water in the first place? Take a look at the text. This isn't Jesus' idea. Peter has the, the bold idea of stepping out of the boat. And holy moly, does American culture love this part of the story of Peter walking on the water, because we as a society love a story about an individual who's brave and goes up against the odds. We love stories of people taking risks that lead to their self-improvement. We love a good display of power. And so what most American Christianity does is take Peter walking on the water and hold that up as the image of faith. You've all heard it. If you wanna walk on water, you gotta get out of the boat. And this makes me sad because it takes faith, which is a mystery, and it turns faith into a spectacle, something we have to prove And faith, it's not even about us in the end. Faith does not depend on our ability to believe or to perform in any given moment. Faith is about God's faith in us. It's about God's promise to be with us in all things good or bad, Faith is not something you have to prove by overcoming your fears and doing something brave. Faith is merely grasping the promise that God is with you wherever you happen to be. So Peter actually does display faith pretty well in this story. It's not when he's walking on water. That's pride. That's not faith. Peter is faithful When in the midst of his fear, he is able to remember that Jesus is with him there, ready to help, and so he cries out. Faith doesn't look like walking on water, it looks like being caught and pulled out when you're sinking. And actually, the best image for faith in this whole story filled with fear comes when we zoom out one final time. Because Peter is taken by Jesus back to the boat. And this action makes me wonder, maybe Peter made a mistake in his fear of the storm. Maybe he saw Jesus walking across the water and thought, There's a way that I can escape. And so he tried it, but he left his friends behind. And so when Jesus takes Peter by the hand and leads him not safely to shore, but back to the boat, still in the storm, Jesus is saying that in faith and in fear, it's better to be in the boat together. You of little faith, Jesus says, why did you doubt how powerful you can be when you're part of a community? When fear strikes and we have that urge to run away, that is precisely the time to stick together, to stay in the boat. Faith doesn't look like walking on water— It looks like a group of friends struggling against a storm together. What an image for the church. What if we imagined ourselves and what we do here as gathering in a boat together amidst the storms of the world, all of us each pulling our own er, weight as the waves crash in, Each one of us comes to this place honestly in the midst of our personal storms and the storms of the world. But we come here together, and God comes among us too, not taking away our fear, but giving the promise of peace and opening up space for our faith to grow. That's the kind of God that Jesus is revealing here. It's a God that comes close, It's a God that comes in community. It's a God that appears even in our weaknesses. As we struggle with these complex and layered stories from Scripture, and as we mine them for meaning, as we live through the storms of our lives and the storms of the world, may that God bless you. May that God bless you with the knowledge that you are not alone, but surrounded by community, May that God bless you with the knowledge that fear is not the only reality and with the knowledge that God's promise is to be with you through it all. Amen.